Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from an agronomist with Roquette, who will talk to us here today about field peas. Up first in today's country comment, we'll have an update on the Livestock Predation Prevention Pilot Project. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us today is Ray Bittner with Manitoba Beef Producers to chat about the Livestock Predation Prevention Pilot Project. Well, certainly uh, livestock producers around the province have had problems with wildlife for, well, since the beginning of farming. uh, And it's not really changed much in some cases. It's worse due to lower population densities in rural areas. And, uh, you know, there's just basically more coyotes, wolves, and bears on the landscape these days. It does amount to, you know, millions of dollars of compensation that uh, the MESC puts out to compensate producers. But, you know, that's not the whole story and that there is many animals that are lost and never found and then accordingly not compensatable. So it, it is quite a large problem, yes. Give us an update on the uh, prevention uh, pilot project. Yeah, we've uh, been working for the last uh, year and a half on getting producers signed up who have had, you know, larger problems with wolf, bear, and coyote, trying to find uh, different mitigation projects that can help them reduce the uh, the traffic of predators through their herds. Uh, Things like dead stock pens or uh, fox lights, which chase off uh, canines, are some of the things that we've been using. What's the response been like? It's been pretty good. Um, We had a number of people sign up. We uh, built some projects on a number of farms in uh, 2021. Um, It was hampered a bit, though. You know, the drought uh, definitely redirected livestock producers' thoughts to survival rather than uh, than worrying about the predators. But the predators aren't going away, so we encourage people to get in contact with us. And uh, if you have predator problems, we'll work with you. Are there um, certain areas of the province where this is more of a problem? The whole province has some problems. You know, coyotes are generally distributed pretty much everywhere. Um, bears are more frequented in, in the bush lines, and the wolves are closest to the non-habitated areas. So, you know, we find uh, the parkland and the north parkland and interlake areas are most wolf problems, yeah. What are some methods that, you know, that are being used to, to keep these animals out? Um, you know, there's a number of things that we can use, uh, you know, all the way from seven-wire electric fencing is, you know, a heavy-duty way of doing it. Uh, we also have something called fladry wire, which is uh, electric wire with small flags that divert uh, wolf and coyotes around away from animals. So there's a few different strategies we're using. And if uh, people want to want to find out more, um, how do they do that? Well, you can certainly uh, go to the Manitoba Beef Producers website uh, and click on Producers and the Livestock uh, Predation Pilot Project, and then you'll find my name and address. Um, or you can contact MBP at their head office and get my phone number. That was Ray Bittner with Manitoba Beef Producers giving us an update here today on the Livestock Predation Prevention Pilot Project. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The next agricultural policy framework will be a big focus for the Canadian Federation of Agriculture in 2022. Here's President Mary Robinson. 
We're looking forward to this next policy framework and hoping to see all Canadian producers having equal program eligibility across all programming areas. We know that that some producers are, are locked out from programs. And Manitoba Beef Producers General Manager Carson Callum says the group has a number of key priorities for 2022. Our focus is is probably going to have a bit of drought uh, in mind as well because uh, if we, like I said, if we don't get any real snow or moisture, we might be in a really difficult position again, especially from a water availability standpoint um, going into the spring. So hopefully that does come, but we'll be you know trying to focus on what can be done if if we don't uh, get that moisture that is really needed. So, you know, those will be probably the top-level focus as it was in the past year, um, drought-related, you know, environment-related, those type of files. He says climate change will also be a major focus for Manitoba beef producers. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, January 4th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, Glenda Allen Vossler chats with the Executive Director of Sask Mustard. Today, Glenda Allen Vossler talks with Rick Mitzel, the Executive Director of Sask Mustard. He starts by talking about last year's production. It's a difficult year for everybody and every crop, and uh, there were some areas where you know the crops were a little bit better than others, but for the most part, we're probably still around that 300,000 acres of, of all three types of mustard in Western Canada. We were down in yield. The average yield was probably about 50% of normal. And what about the market? What do we see happening with the market right now? Well, like it is with most commodities, when the supply is down, the, the price goes up. So we... The price has moved up on uh, on mustard seed considerably. Right now, the the pricing for if you have mustard to sell is quite attractive. The contracting, I feel too, is also quite attractive right now too for next year. So uh, definitely, the price is up, and um, you know the processors are are trying to make sure that they get their supply for next year. What are your expectations for acreage for next year? I think our acres will be up, but it's you know we're three hundred thousand acres. It's not a big crop. But, you know, if we're up 10 to 15 percent, I'm thinking for next year, it would be kind of my early prediction. I don't expect a, a great big jump. We were talking about uh, the quality and, and yield that we saw coming in from the mustard crop this year. The Canadian Grain Commission is actually doing a research project on mustard. Can you fill us in a little on this and, and what's involved, what they're looking at? They're they're just looking at taking some of the samples and testing them for for different things like they normally do. Could be disease levels, could be germination, quality, that sort of stuff. So I think it's just a typical uh, year of what they're doing. They're looking for producers to submit samples. Take us through that process. What do they need to do if they do want to be a part of this? Well, we sent a letter out as an organization um, to the mustard growers that we had email addresses for so it's simply just uh, getting a hold of the grain commission uh, uh, veronica is the lady that uh, is dealing with the program right now and um, just getting her email address sending her an email asking her to send an envelope and then when she once the grower gets the envelope just fill in the uh, the variety it was uh, the year location where they live doesn't have to be land location just the uh, town or, or area that they're, they're farming in and then uh, and then mail it into the grain commission. It's, it's postage paid as well, so there's no cost for the producer either. 
And what kind of information does it really mean for the CGC? gives us a cross-section. We're going to get samples from across Western Canada. So it gives us a cross-section of where where we sit with um, quality. Maybe um, maybe there's a bit of a um, correlation to to disease or something like that. But it's uh, it just gives us a broad base of understanding of, of what's going on with uh, some of the mustard samples out there. I've been talking with Rick Mitzel. Rick is the executive director for Sask Mustard. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen-Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen-Bossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Agriculture is offering environmental farm plan workshops over the winter. These will take place online. Visit the Manitoba Agriculture website to register. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon, Anastasia Kubinek with Roquette was one of the speakers last month at the Manitoba Agronomist Conference. She talked about field peas. Another thing I saw was staggered emergence and poor nodulation. So managing your seed depth. This was probably one of the biggest contributors that I saw to whether or not plants came out of the ground. I know most farmers probably were targeting that inch and a half, two inches, maybe two and a half inches, chasing a little bit of moisture. But I did see a lot of seeds that were sitting at an inch, half an inch, maybe on the ground. And those seeds really were stranded by the dry soil. So that huge variability in seeding depth, unfortunately this year, that seeding thin really showed up in the field. We saw those seeds then germinating in August when the rain came, but that did not contribute to yield. It was those ones that really were tucked into that nice moist layer. Those were the ones that were germinating and those were the ones that were coming out of the ground and contributing to yield. So something to consider going into the field, just, you know, making sure wings, however your drill is set up, everything's kind of even, stopping, make sure your seeding depth is fairly even and that will really help with your emergence and your plants then coming out of the ground. Inoculant. So one thing we did notice uh, last year as well, and something we're thinking about this year, is with this huge increase of pea acres, we have a lot of pea growers that are not pea growers. They are guys that see the market potential. They see that fertilizer prices are high. Peas don't need nitrogen. They see that maybe there's some good pricing out there. And this maybe is the first year that they have grown peas ever, or the first year that they have probably grown peas in maybe 20 years. So these folks, we really need to be concerned about their inoculant. We need to make sure that the inoculant is there, that it's going to trigger nodulation in that pea plant, and that pea plant is going to start to produce nitrogen if it needs it. So what we're really recommending uh, for ourselves as Roquette, as well as talking to Dennis and some of the pulse grower agronomists, granular is really better. It is more consistent. Whether your soils are wet, your soils are dry, that granular just seems to be more resilient for longer and it infects those roots a lot better and we are getting that nodulation. This year, it was very disheartening when I would go to fields. Um, first time pea grower, maybe they um, did not put inoculant down with the field or with their peas or potentially they just used a liquid and it was very dry conditions and the liquid did not infect those roots and they had really poor nodulation. So we don't want to see that again. Um, Really, if you are a first-time pea grower or you have farmers that are first-time pea growers, double inoculation is probably a really good 
opportunity to try and make sure that nodulation gets off to the best start. That was Anastasia Kubinek, an agronomist with Roquette, speaking last month at the Manitoba Agronomist Conference. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Manitoba Beef Producers has a busy year lined up for 2022. Here's GM Carson Callum. From a public policy perspective, climate change is a, is a major area of focus, and, and beef plays a really important role in that, and we can really be a champion in, in uh, you know maintaining a lot of these important environmental habitats. So I think that will be an important focus to ensure that you know, producers are recognized for that you know, from a public standpoint and from a financial standpoint to support them in maintaining these important grassland habitats. So I think those will be a main focus. Callum says recovering from last year's drought will also be a key focus. And the president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture is outlining some of their key priorities for the year ahead. Here's Mary Robinson. We want to see uh, investments in ag at a level that reflect our increased scale and prominence. You know, we've not seen these programs keeping up with inflation, let alone keeping up with the kind of growth that we see within within the industry. And we're hoping to create formal structures to support more evidence-based reporting and transparency. Robinson says the next agricultural policy framework will also be a big focus for CFA this year. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll hear from David Weens with Dairy Farmers of Manitoba. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.